Well, hello and welcome to the second edition of the We Thrive podcast. I'm Michael Lawler, naturopath and acupuncturist, and today I want to talk about the four pillars of the We Thrive concept, and they are the, the mind, the body, the heart, and the gut. And today I'd like to focus on the mind, uh, and the mind and its, uh, and its uh, I suppose, its part in our health and well-being. Now, the mind has uh, its functions, and as we know, uh, the mind is supposed to take the information that we receive from our senses. Uh, the mind is supposed to send it then directly to the part of the brain where the intellect resides, and this is where the, you know, this is, this is what gives us our impulse to do our whatever functions we need to do in accordance with what those um, stimuli are coming in through the senses. Um, and this is fine, and that's when, uh, when everything is working properly. Um, so the mind essentially is a mirror reflecting what is going on, re reflecting what is there. But what happens is thinking gets in the way, and the mind gets in the way. The mind start, starts to say, well, look, at, I think I can figure this out. I don't need to send this any, any deeper into the brain here. I can figure this out. So what happens is we get this, um, well, we get this ego that develops in our head. And if you want to know what the ego is, all you have to listen to is the voice in your head. And that is your ego. Now, the ego, it's a, it's a very strong thing. And a lot of philosophers over the centuries have uh, tried to explain its, its comings and its goings and where, where it came from and what we can do about it. Um, and it's said that the ego actually comes in at the age of, of around two. This is what they'll say in uh, Chinese philosophy. But the ego shows up at two, and um, that's if there's parents out there, you'll know that this is the time when uh, little Johnny or little Mary start thinking of themselves as an individual, uh, and they start acting out, and that's when the terrible twos kick in. So the ego is said to inhabit the being at the age of two, and it stays with us, luckily for us, right to the end of our life, and can have a, a very adverse influence on the way our, our mind functions and, uh, and the way our intellect functions in, in our body. So, you know, I mean, we've heard the discussion about awareness. We've heard uh, all the podcasts and all the media uh, and books that have been written on awareness. And I guess I, like I talk, I'd like to talk about today is the difference between awareness and ignorance. Now, what is awareness and what is ignorance? Well, uh, essentially we have uh, we've three, we've three tenses we can live in. We can live in the past we can live in the present, or we can live in the future. And the fact is, for most of us, we really are living in the past and in the future, and very, very rarely are we living in the present moment. So um, the past is a place where, you know, obviously all of our past experiences reside, our, our pasts, our, our dislikes, our likes, uh, the bad times, the good times, these all inhabit the past. Uh, and then the future, is really, it's just an imagined future that's just the extended past. So it's an imagined future that's based on things that have happened in the past. So, you know, you're always going to preempt a situation in the future based on what you've experienced previously. Now, what we, where we rarely live is, uh, is in the present moment. And awareness is only in the present moment. Ignorance um, predominates when we are living in the past or the future. Now, awareness, so, so what is awareness? What do we mean by awareness? Well, awareness, um, it's not the same as paying attention, okay? It's, uh, you know, you can be paying attention or not paying attention, um, but awareness is what lies behind all of that, 
It lies behind this paying attention and not paying attention. Um, awareness is the ability to be able to see things as they truly are without the distortion of the mind trying to colour it to our particular view, to our particular idea or, or, or view of how things should be. Now, awareness is a state that we, that we rarely um, inhabit. We, 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 we tend to more uh, inhabit a space that the philosophers over the past centuries will say, we, we, we are in waking sleep. So we're walking around in waking sleep. Um, so a, a, a quick example of this is if you take a car journey. Let's say you take a car journey, you, you, you get into your car in the morning, you put the key in the ignition, and you suddenly arrive at the door of your office or wherever you work, and you say to yourself, I have absolutely no idea how I got here. And if you really think about it, you have no idea how you got there because you are on autopilot all the way in to the office. And that's essentially what we mean by waking sleep. We're just not aware. We're living in this imagined world in our head based on the past and based on the future. Um, the Buddha said, actually, the fool sleeps as if he were already dead, but the master is awake and lives forever. Very wise words, um, but not that easy to attain. Now, you know, with sleepwalking, we, we can have a couple of forms of sleepwalking. We can have um, a very coarse form of sleepwalking where you just, you, you just have enough energy to get out of the bed to make yourself a banana sandwich and get back into bed and go to sleep again. And then we can have very refined sleepwalking. And very refined sleepwalking can bring us through college. It can uh, get, you our, uh, get you your degree. It can get us a career. And then we can start having babies. And before we know it, we are older and we're looking at the last few years of our life and this can all be actually done in sleepwalking and in sleepwalking essentially what we mean is you're out of awareness you're just not aware what's going on around you we're living in the past and we're living in the future and so we live in the mind and we live in our thinking for most of the day and we play touch and go so we're aware maybe the moments of awareness in a day they're very fleeting, they may last for a couple of minutes. And if we're lucky, five minutes, 10 minutes. And if we're unlucky, maybe not at all, maybe not, nothing in a week, nothing in a month. So we do live in the mind and in our thinking. And then what happens in, is then we, we try to figure this out. In ignorance, we try to figure out, okay, what am I gonna do here? And then we try to escape from the mind, thinking this is the way, through whatever medication, let's say we self-medicate with certain uh, substances, it might be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be dark chocolate at 8 o'clock on, on, on a Friday night, it could be social media, whatever it is. We, we try to self-medicate ourselves in the middle of this thinking mind without realizing that there is another way to approach this. You know, imagine our conversations even. Two people stuck in their same mind and they're having the conversation. And you know, you know, sometimes when you have a conversation, actually a lot of the times, you're just waiting for the other person to finish before you can say your, your, your own thing. You're not really listening. So it's a very, very private conversation that you have. So therefore, the mind, the individual mind, is very personal, whereas awareness is universal. We are, we're just not connecting with living. Thoughts keep us in the past or the future, and we, we miss the present. You know, we miss the present. We have all of these habits that we use. And the philosophers would say, we've been imprisoned. Okay, so all of these habits develop from this... Uh, constantly living in this uh, world of thought. Like, uh, let, let, let's take a quick example here. You'll say to yourself, um, you make this big declaration that I'm never going to eat chocolate again. 
and you feel really good about it, you, you make this solemn promise to yourself that you'll never eat chocolate again, and you feel so good about it, actually, you, 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 go, you go and tell the world. And then what happens is, three days later, you're at a party or somebody else's house, and they say, do you want some chocolate? And you say, hmm, it would be, it wouldn't be nice to be rude. So you see what I mean? We have all of these habits that are based on these ideas in the mind that are fleeting and habitual. Essentially, we live in a self-imposed prison. And it may sound like very strong words, but you know what? Uh, they're not really strong words. We're living in a prison and we actually can't remember where we put the key. But if we were to spend more time in the present moment, some of these ideas and some of these, uh, I suppose, paths into to awareness will present themselves and make themselves a little easier to show. Um, what else can we say about this? Well, I mean, it's difficult very, very difficult to stop thought patterns. I mean, you can have a, ba you can have a battle, okay? So there's two ways of, of approaching this. You can either decide that you're going to go into awareness, which a lot of us don't know we can do, or a lot of us don't know how to do, or we can actually battle against these thoughts. We can say, okay, I'm going to have a fight. I'm going to stop my mind thinking. And this is ludicrous. You cannot stop your mind thinking. It's just not possible. So what, what, what are you left to do? I mean, you have either thinking or trying to stop it. So it's like a dog chasing its tail. You know, what, you, what we need to do is let the mind become still. So a couple of practices that we can um, take on board to try and, I suppose, take control of the situation, get ourselves back to awareness, take us out of this false idea of who we are. Let the ego, uh, let's not let the ego run rampant in our lives. Let's not spend so much time in the past and the future and try to get more present because you know what? Time will pass a lot slower in the present moment. When you're living in the past and the future, suddenly five years goes past. Suddenly 10 years goes past. And before you know it, a lifetime has gone past and you're asking yourself, what did I do with my life? Where did all that go? And it goes so, so fast. It's in a flash. Now, okay, so a couple of little tips of what we can do perhaps is, well, you know, number one, when we are relaxed, the mind is still. That's a simple fact. When we are relaxed, the mind is still. But I guess the question is, when are we ever really truly relaxed? Well, there are some uh, disciplines that you can take in to your day, um, or bit by bit. I mean, yoga is a great way of relaxing the body, because when the body is relaxed, the mind follows suit. So you'll notice, so th those of you that are yogis out there that have practiced, at the very end of Shavasana, you'll notice a very, very deep calming of the mind. Maybe it might come on for five or ten minutes, but wouldn't this be fantastic if we could actually have this a little more in our lives? We know how good it feels, okay? You can, we can take things on board like pausing. I find pausing to be a fantastic way. When I first learned meditation, I remember the instructor telling me that we'd have to pause for two minutes per day, and I thought, this guy's crazy. There is no way I have um, five minutes to, to do any kind of pausing during the day. And this is the madness that I was in. This is the madness that we get ourselves into, thinking that we can't give enough time to, to just stop and live a little more in awareness. So pausing essentially means going from activity to activity without a break. Okay, so we're going from activity to activity and there's no pause in between. But if we start to include pauses in between, simple things like you're preparing your dinner, you put everything on the table, you set the table, and before you start eating, stop. I mean, in our family, we ring a, a singing bowl and we pay attention to the sound of the singing bowl, 30 seconds, maybe 40 seconds, 
until the sound goes away. And it takes, you on to, it takes you into a different level. And dinners are a lot less stressful when you've taken that break. Uh, another way is, I suppose, when you get into your car in the mornings or any time. When you sit in the car, before you actually turn the keys on to start the ignition, put your hands on the steering wheel and connect with one of your senses. And the sense that you'll connect with is, is obviously touch. Feel the steering wheel in your hand. Close your eyes. Just be there now. And then set off about the rest of your day. So small pauses in between our daily activities can be really, really helpful in trying to, you know, it, it will calm the mind just a little bit. But the more of the pausing that you do in your day, the more that this will ha have an effect on the amount of time that you spend in the past and the present. And it will bring you a little more into awareness each day. Um, we, listen, we can't change the thoughts and the imaginings of the mind. So we have to learn to be more aware, aware of the mind. So be aware of the thoughts in the mind. So sit back and watch the thoughts. And, and I, like to I like to say, uh, sometimes when I see these habitual patterns coming along, I say, oh, there I go again. They say that thoughts are like buses. The buses are always going to come, and you're standing at the bus stop, but you don't have to get on the bus. You can watch them go. So use that as a metaphor for trying to just watch the thoughts in, in a bit of silence. In a, maybe if you sit down for a couple of minutes in the day, practice it a few times a day. Let's not fight with the mind because it's a losing battle. Just be alert. Don't try to change it, okay? Now, another idea is, you know, the problem is not the problem, okay? So the problem, whatever it is, is not the problem. The problem is our response to the problem and our getting tangled up in it. The next time you have a problem, remember that. The problem is not the problem. Don't get mixed up in the problem. Just practice some awareness. Give yourself a beat. Act and don't react. Give yourself a minute. Take a pause, whatever it takes. Awareness achieves this, okay? Awareness achieves all of the things that we're trying to, that we're trying to get by, by fixing the solution to a problem, okay? Awareness really, really helps. Number four, meditation, that's discussed before. Meditation is really, really needed in the West. I mean, it's practiced widely in the East, um, but in the West, we, we, uh, we, well, I suppose, there's a huge uptake of meditation over the past, of the past five years I've seen. Um, so it, but it's really needed for a growth in awareness. It really is the master key. So whatever your meditation regime is, uh, or even if you don't have one and you want to start one, there's some great apps out there. There's, um, I guess there's Calm, there's Happify, um, there's Headspace. There's a lot of meditation apps out there that will help with that growth in awareness. Now, and now there's two different types of meditations. There's a meditation which is more of a mindfulness meditation where you're looking outward. So you're looking outward to the world, you're looking outward to um, you know, your senses, to what you're picking up. And there are then there are meditations that look more within. So these are the deeper meditations like transcendental meditation, a lot of the mantra-based meditations would look deep within and not looking out. And these are the most potent forms. So if you can, um, if you're having issues and if you're having problems that you think meditation might be a, uh, a good remedy for, Start off with the basics, with the mindfulness, but then go a little deeper. Try and find a good mantra-based meditation group. There's so many of them out there. Some Buddhist groups out there. It doesn't have to be religious. Um, you could just uh, you can you can find you can find the meditation group anywhere. They're, they're everywhere. So for a growth in the in awareness, meditation is key. Things will arise in the mind 
but you'll find that they don't have the same effect anymore. You know, they don't have that same hole and you, you will be able to take that beat. Uh, it's like uh, the analogy of the ocean. You know, at the very top of the ocean in a storm, the waves are in turmoil. But still, as part of that very same ocean down the bottom, everything is still and not like the top. So, I mean, this can be the same for us in our lives. There can be turmoil in our existence. There can be turmoil in our daily uh, experiences. But we can still have this center of calm that is unchanging. And that's what meditation brings. Next, um, calming the mind. I know we said before that uh, calming the mind is really, really difficult. But some little important things to remember is to help calm the mind, let's stop commenting on things in our mind. Let's stop judging. We judge all the time. You know, uh, it, it doesn't matter. And it may not be even, uh, we, we have no awareness possibly that we're judging all the time. But if you really sit back and if you really watch your habitual thought patterns in the day, there's a lot of judging going on. If you remove the judging and the commenting from the mind, the mind begins to get a little more still. When there is awareness, thinking dissolves. So watch the mind and look deep and watch the thoughts. So sit back, watch the thoughts, and just say to yourself, look, there I go again. There I go again. So th th these are just some words on, on the mind. Obviously, over the next couple of podcasts, we'll be getting deeper into the, these patterns and meditation, mindfulness and techniques and what to do. We'll have some really good conversations with industry professionals in this area. So uh, I'm going to sign off now, but thanks again for tuning in to the We Thrive episode number two podcast, and I look forward to chatting to you next week. Take care and stay healthy, stay happy, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care.